for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is September 27, 2022, and today's guest is Tyler Bentley. Welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey. Today's episode is 237, and today's episode is a big success story. Not only is it a success story, but it's a story of like, I mean, truly what a bow hunter and hunter in general will go through. And in this case, it just happened to be in like 48 hours. The ultimates of Lowe's, you know, traveling 19 hours away from home to go hunt to the ultimate of highs. What I mean by, by highs, I'm talking like absolute giant showing up and just <laughs> totally, you know, trying to make something happen. So I don't want to get too much into this story because this story is really good. There's a lot of little intricate details to this story and it's pretty crazy. So my buddy Tyler Bentley and Nick Coheely, they go out to North Dakota for the opener and uh, boy, what a roller coaster of emotions. So I'm just going to leave it there. I do want to shout out a couple partners here real quick. Um, we're getting, I mean, we are so close to October 1st right now. I mean, this is the last episode before, you know, all those October 1st seasons open up. I mean, we're looking at, you know, four days in October 1st is going to be opening. So he looks broadheads. If you guys are wanting last minute broadheads, go get them now. Use fall HX 10 to get your broadheads, get a little deal on those. Uh, visit them at helixbroadheads.com. Next is Latitude Outdoors. If you guys are looking for a saddle or just a streamlined, you know, mobile, light, ergonomically perfect setup, 
go check out Latitude at latitudeoutdoors.com. Use code the fall podcast one word for to save a little bit of money there. Um, next is Exodus Trail Cams. Go to exodusoutdoorgear.com. Pick up a render right now. Get a cell cam coming so you can see when those bucks are hitting the scrapes, white oaks, food plots, whatever, what you know, crossing, what have you. Next, Vector Arrows Fall 10. Use Fall 10 at Vector, VectorCustomShop.com. Go in there and build out your arrows. They'll spit out what arrow you need for your bow, your specific bow, your draw length, your draw weight, what your point weight is in everything. Get those arrows coming right now. Uh, lastly, Garmin Bow Sights. So like I said, I've been shooting these things. This will be the fourth year, I believe, I've been shooting a Garmin, and um, it is pound for pound made me a better hunter uh, and made me... In the moment of truth, it's made me a better hunter in the moment of truth. It's not It's not out there scouting for me, I'm going to tell you that right now. But in the moment of the truth, when things are, you know, buck fever sitting in and everything like that, it just eliminates one of those things in the process where you can just kind of go to full draw, range as you will, gives you a pin, let's let, let's let her eat kind of thing. So go check them out at Garmin.com. So that's... Uh, that's all the partners. Um, thank you guys for all the support and all the downloads. Please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and write a little review in there. That would be greatly appreciated. Got a lot of good guests coming up. Already recorded these episodes. I mean, the next three, four weeks, we got some awesome podcasts coming up. So, And you might get a couple extra ones in there. We'll see, though. Uh, thank you guys very much. Here's this interview with Tyler. All right. Welcome back to the Fall Podcast. Today, I'm in studio. Got an in-studio guest. I've got a dude that just officially became part of the Booner Club. <laughs> I don't think I did. You did. It's only 160. Booner's 160. Uh, yep. It's pretty I thought, bad. I thought it was 170. And then honestly, for the longest time, I thought it was 170. And then I went on Google and, and it could be, but like Google and the website or like Boone and Crockett or was it Pope and Young? One of the two was telling me 160 with a bow. Okay. So I'm like, oh, that it changes. Cha- it changes with a bow and a gun? I believe it does. See, I should look that up. See, I don't know. I just had that conversation the other day, and I was like, what is a booner? I, I don't know. And I've always was told it was like 170, but I really don't know. Never had to worry about it I'm gonna look. Now. I'm going to look it up right now. What is a Boone and Crockett whitetail score? Bear with us, everyone, here, because <laughs> I'm sure everybody's like waiting, just want to know what it is. I would, I would think most people probably know. I think it's funny that we don't know. Okay. Okay. Here's a question. Is a Boone and Crockett 160 or 170? So before I read this, I don't know what this is going to say. I haven't read it yet. I was always under the impression that a Booner is 170 inches. Okay. That yep. was my... Me too. That was my... Yeah. And then and then I was told by a Kentuckian, would you, is that how you <laughs> I have say no idea. Kentuckian? Or a guy from the Bluegrass State said it was 160. Didn't get an argument. I really don't give a shit. But uh, So then it made me go on here and look. So this is what it says. The minimum score required to make the all-time Boone and Crockett record book is 170 for a typical antlers and 195 for a non-typical the minimum score for a Boone and Crockett award is 10 points below the above numbers. I don't know what that means. That's confusing. So that is it saying 160 is technically a Booner if it's 10 inches under? I think that is what it's saying. I don't know. Maybe somebody can write in that's actually an official score and kind of enlighten me. 
on this. I, I was always told it was 170. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You killed a giant, okay? <laughs> and, and everybody's like, who the hell are you talking to? I've got Tyler Bentley over here with me. So um, he went to North Dakota and laid the smack down on a flipping slob. Slob. Yeah, yeah I'm going to steal your phrase and say <laughs> uh, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> no, man, you worked your tail off. For, I, I shouldn't say you worked your tail off for it. You did, but uh, it, it seemed like you were having deer come in like every night, like yeah. you were getting opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the whole two days it was pretty pretty fire there oh my gosh i good for you though congratulations first and foremost so i actually got a sneak peek uh sneak peek 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 i got a sneak peek of the episode that you're going to be putting out segment one when is it going out uh october 1st okay so this will we're recording this before october 1st today is uh september 22nd this is actually going to go live in podcast world this tuesday so it will be are you okay with that going yeah live? yeah whenever you want to put it out man. okay so this will go live on the 27th so you guys are listening to this right now if you're listening to it the first day on the 27th so here in one two three four days october 1st this will go live on the rise youtube channel yep it'll be on youtube and it'll also air on carbon tv when will it hit carbon uh october 1st i'm not sure what time i'm gonna put them up i don't know probably in the morning i'm I'm assuming but not a lot of guys are gonna hunt opening morning i can't imagine it's probably gonna be an evening thing yeah so if i put the segment up in the morning maybe you know some people watch it then yeah so everybody listen to this um tyler's gonna put it up in the morning on october 1st so go check it out and look at all the other stuff if you guys aren't familiar with the rise and what he's done this is what season five of what you've been doing season five yep put out some awesome content to me we literally just watched this and i told him i said this is the best episode you've ever done and it and it doesn't i mean the size of the deer is not even i'm not even putting that into the equation here like just the film work with you and nick and nick couldn't you know we didn't actually even ask nick to come here (laughs) sorry nick (laughs) no tyler was like he called me at like two hours ago i was like hey man i'm gonna come up uh let's record that i'm like hey let's go so Nick filmed a lot, and then you filmed a lot as well. So you self-filmed. This was an unbelievable self-film. And this this video goes to show you, I get a lot of questions about self-filming. This goes to show you how two cameras in the tree is crucial. It is. Because when this deer showed up, and we'll get into this story here in a little bit, but when this deer showed up, you know, he was over the shoulder for you, and you couldn't get the camera on him like right away, and the GoPro was catching it. Yep. You know what I mean? Even just spinning around to turn the GoPro on because right. I had no remote. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's directly in front of me and I got to do a 180 in the stand, put my hand above my head, get the, you know, hit it on record and I'm yep. watching the deer the whole time. And then every movement is just micro movements to make sure he's not seeing my movement, what's going on. Yep. It's it's tricky, dude. You, you've been doing it an extremely long time. So, you know, like when, you, when you're touching a camera or trying to hit record or, or doing any movement, you're just mm-hmm. staring at the deer the whole time. Oh, like, I know. You're like, you're doing like eyes closed stuff. Like, am I feeling yes. the camera yes. right? Am I yes. getting it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say uh, one thing that I've done to kind of combat that is I'll put a GoPro mount on my big camera facing back at me. There you go. That's a good so idea. it's always like kind of right in front of me. Yep. And it, But it's still on a wide angle. It still gets me. You yep. know what I mean? And then when I talk to the camera, I just got to kind of lean in and just, you know, so that's a way to combat it too. So that's a good idea. I know, you know, a few years ago, I used to run the GoPro remote Mm 
mm-hmm. but it drove me crazy. Sometimes it would kick on, sometimes it oh, wouldn't. Oh, dude, they're terrible. So I just gave up the remote, and, and I really like to have the bailout camera like up over my yep, head. I like that too. It's a pain in the butt to turn it on, but if I see deer or think there's a chance, just turn around, get that thing on. You know? Well, and the other thing is too, like let's say you couldn't even get your your main camera on that deer. You know you have a bail shot that's wide. Exactly. Where if you have to, you can go full draw and kill him. Right exactly. There, you know. Exactly. That's like like I always say, plan A, plan B. Like mm-hmm. get plan. You know what I mean. Get that thing running and then yep. move on. Yep, that's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. So let's. Uh, we've done a couple podcasts talking about last year's North Dakota trip. Yep. So you went to the same area, right? Totally different area. Oh, it was a different yep, area. Yep. Totally. Okay. Uh, about forty minutes uh, farther west. Now, I bet you're glad that you did go to a different area. I did. <laughs> this, this area was awesome. Uh, I'm the guy that we stayed with, Tyler, he, uh, gave us a place to stay, and he did a ton of scouting. He was calling us, um, mm-hmm. you know, a couple times a week, driving around. Like, really, it was a place to stay, but more or less just, like, somebody who was a local to that area. Yeah. And to find, you know, we'll get into the posted, non-posted stuff later, but just knowing areas that we could potentially scout right like we didn't want to be spoon-fed like nick and i actually enjoy doing the work but having someone go hey this spot you know is huntable you can hunt this spot put a pin on it find some pins and kind of just like gave us a starting point you know it wasn't you know wasn't an outfitted hunt or anything like that it was like we're gonna have to do the work but at least we're not well let's be honest too i mean it's you can you can kill a deer out there without feed yeah you know it's definitely doable oh yeah but like to even just get pictures of bucks or something like that and, and get inventory, like to have a person out there to go put some corn out or something like right. that, put a camera on it, yeah. you know, you can mail them. How long is the drive? 18 hours or something yeah, like that? almost 20, yeah. Mail them your cameras and he can, I mean, that's like just a smart move. For sure. In my opinion. Yeah. You know? Um, so you guys go to a different area. Now, last year, <clears throat> you guys saw a lot of deer. We did. And you almost had a... You almost yeah. killed a good one. Yep. I had an encounter where I almost shot, but I screwed up on, on my end. So I feel like last year I did everything right. I just didn't get an arrow out of my bow. So, mm-hmm. And then Nick, he didn't kill, but then he went back late season and saw a lot of good bucks. And passed up some pretty good bucks. What yeah. Did he go to this area where you were at last year? Nope. Late season? No, where he was last year, he went there twice. Okay. So this was a brand new area for Nick and I this year. I got you. So then... You know, you guys move areas. So what was the plan? Like, how long were you guys going to stay there? Um, and, you know, what time of year was it? Was it for the opener? Yeah, it was for the opener. And and honestly, I kept telling Nick, you know, we were talking about that 10-day range. You know, let's say we got seven to 10 days, absolute tops. I was like, we were going back and forth. I was like, would you rather have a couple extra days of scouting before season? Or would you rather have more active days of hunting? So we kind of were not butting heads, but... I would. I was a hundred percent towards. Let's get there early. Let's get stuff figured out. I'd rather have you know really good hunts right off the rip, than have a ton of wait you know hot days or God mm-hmm. only knows what the back end of the trip right. was. So Nick got work done basically early, like double time some work, and he, we were able to leave a couple days before season. So we got out there two days before season. Okay. And I feel like that had a huge role in why we got into the chips like we did because we had those scouting days. Yep. So. When you get out there, what was your plan of attack day one for what, like you, you land there. I mean, you drove, but you, you're in camp. What's your plan now for the first day? I mean, pretty much running on five hours of sleep. We get there, sun's coming up. We're in the truck driving around. I mean, to every single spot that Tyler's seen, you know, he hasn't even stepped foot on him. He just seen him from the road. Hey, Mm -hmm. here's a pin. 
drive to it, you know, us lay eyes on it, check it out, kind of just, you know, look look at the maps, look at it in person. Is it something worth walking? Do we want to maybe come back to it? Basically, you know, process of elimination. Just basically, sounds crazy, but having 15 or 20 spots. Right. You know, cross eight of them off right there, right off the rip. Okay, now these other you know, however many, all right, we want to walk these ones, go in, walk it, check it out, check for deer sign, check for anything, you know, what kind of deer sign are you looking for at that time of year? Like what, what is something that you guys are like, okay, we really got to hone in on this because this was here. Okay. So the, the food and the covers, obviously, you know, number one thing is looking for something with like really high marshes, tall, tall marshes, swamps, sloughs, anything like that, meeting some food. So if you got some cover and some food, let's say for soybeans or something, so when I say I'm looking for deer sign, I'm not actually looking for real sign. Like it might just be nipped soybeans, nipped soybeans next to a big marsh. Like that's great deer sign, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're going to bed here. They're going to go here. If you can find a trail coming to and from something like that. Um, so that's kind of like what we were doing is checking out spots, going to tree rows and walking this big tree row that, you know, might not be good until we walk it. We don't know. So in the marshes you're talking about, like I've seen these before. So like you're talking about where, a field might end like the corner of a field and it kind of gets low and wet. Yes, right. And exactly. there's like cattails in there. Exactly. These, so these deer, there's no trees. I say there's no trees. There's not a lot of trees in They're North Dakota. Trees, though. <laughs> yeah. There are huge dead cottonwoods and just gnarly old trees out there. But, uh, yeah, we're just trying to find anywhere that deer might live and they might feed you're that you're essentially trying to find deer, like mm-hmm. even bumping deer out of somewhere. You're like, Oh my God, sweet. And yep. There's not super high deer numbers. So just trying to find actual deer and, you know, deer sign, you know, whatever you can find. Right. So coming into this, you guys had cameras out there a little bit early, right? Yeah. So what was showing up on camera where you guys were like, okay, we're going to have a pretty good hunt. So Tyler stuck his personal cameras because he's a bow hunter as well. So he has a few areas for himself that's really nice, tight, posted private land that only he can hunt. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not allowed to hunt it. I mean, he has deer feeders and, you know, preset stands. Okay. So he's got good bucks showing up on these spots. And he's never needed to, you know, expand his reach because he has such dynamite property. Right. So us coming out there, he's kind of like, oh, I'm excited. What else is around the corner? What else is around the horizon? What can I find? You know, check this spot out. Check this spot out. And him saying, you might see some of my deer here. This is only a mile and a half from this buck. You know, mm-hmm. this is only two miles from this buck. And two miles out there is like 300 yards in Michigan. Yeah. Because they just run one wood lot to the next wood lot. So we honestly seen a lot of the deer that he was after. Really? Oh, yeah. Mile and a half away, we had pictures of him here. And <clears throat> next day, mile and a half, he's on this camera. Wow. Um, one of the bucks that Nick actually ended up killing, he had on camera, like, two days before he killed him no a kidding. mile and a half away wow so that's and, cool yeah and one of his number one boxes real big eight pointer he was calling him zeus uh he was in both spots mile and a half apart just nonstop. wow yeah that's crazy okay so that's that's a right there dude that's a cool piece to have like him in your back pocket like yeah. that to be able to do that you know yeah yeah sorry i'm i gotta adjust my my levels here. I feel like I'm getting a lot of echo in my in my uh, mic. I don't know. So, okay. So you guys coming into this, like, what was your hit list looking like? Like, what what kind of bucks are we looking at? So honestly, we weren't looking at going to North Dakota. We didn't know what deer we were going to go after. Yeah. We kind of were like, all right, Tyler's got his spots. He's got some spots. You know, maybe that we want to. But we were going to find our own deer. You know, we totally were not banking on whatever he was setting up. Just show us some spots. Nick and I will get in there. 
we'll argue and arm wrestle and we'll find some spots to hunt. Like that's, you know, Nick and I are pretty good about finding pieces, cyber scouting, tearing them apart, you know? Okay. So that's, that's kind of what we did. We went in like with full expectations of trying to find our own deer and that's kind of what we did. Um, you know, obviously we can bait in North Dakota and you can bait on private land. Um, it's frowned upon, but if you got limited days and you're 20 hours from home and you're trying to find deer, you know what I mean? And get them in bow range. And I mean, to each of their own, some guys wouldn't, some guys would, but if you can find a dynamite piece of habitat in North Dakota, it's probably posted. So if you find a horrible piece of habitat that you can hunt, there's probably no food on it. There's probably no deer on it. Trying to suck deer in a little bit. So it's really tricky. It's like a weird, everyone's like, wow, it sounds too good to be true that you can hunt you know, private land that's not posted. Yeah. Go find private land that's not posted. It's probably horrible for deer. Mm-hmm. So it's everything that's good is posted tight. It's tight, tight. So in North Dakota, if it's not posted that it's private property and no hunting, if it's not posted like that, you can hunt it. You can. Anybody can hunt it. Anybody can hunt it. And you don't have to get permission from the farmer, nothing. You can drive down the road and see a soybean field on the right-hand side. If you drive a lap around the block and there's no you know, no trespassing signs. It's not, you know, posted on Onyx. If you go on there, you can actually like cyber, not cyber post. What's it called? Electronically post yep. your property. If it's not electronically posted, it's not actually posted. You can go, I'm going to go hunt right there tonight. Park truck on the side of the road, walk down the side of the beans, hang a stand and hunt. It's crazy. It, but like, like I said, it sounds too good to be true because if it's not posted, there's probably not deer on it. Right. If you know, the locals know, like yep. even the guys who hunt know like, damn, there's deer in there. I got to talk to the farmer and I've noticed like leases here are equivalent to posting farms out there. Okay. You'll see like somebody would get permission from like, Hey, you know, I appreciate you. Let me hunt. Let me, let me post this up. So nobody else hunts it. So all the posted stuff's like leased. You see what I'm saying? So you could go to the farmer after you killed this deer and been like, Hey, do you care if I post this? hundred percent. The one where Nick killed, we met the farmer there. Awesome dude. And, um, we kind of talked back and forth because he stopped us on the road and there was cows and he's like, Black ones cost a lot more if you shoot those big ones. He's talking about the cows. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay. He's like, I seen a big old 10 point, you know, in the yard every day. He's over here. And he's like, yeah, we got pictures of him and we're hunting his property. He's not saying, what are you doing? He's telling me there's big deer and yep. okay, have a good day. Walk in. Well, that night we went to the bar and bumped into him. And he, you see that big 10 pointer? I'm like, yeah, he's laying dead in your field right now. But you're giving him some time. He's like, That's are you awesome. kidding me? So yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you should have asked him if you could post it. Th- that's what Tyler said. He's like, dude, you get in with these people here. Like you don't have to say anything special. Just get on good terms with them and say, mm-hmm. I'd like to come back next year. How many deer do you want killed? Whatever it is. Do you mind if I post your land? And they say, go ahead. That's fun. <clears throat> that's cool. Yeah. So that's a different way of thinking from where we come from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even the States that we hunt in the Midwest, there's nothing no. really like that. You know, it's, it changes the game for whitetail hunting. Mm-hmm. When you're out there, it's just like a, you're playing a different game. Well, and realistically, I don't think you could do it in the Midwest because there's so many people. When you go out to North Dakota, there's not a lot of people. No. You know what I mean? It's so open. And I think it's definitely something that's viable out there because of just the lack of people. Exactly, dude. Yeah. The, the spot that I, I hunted on opening day that we scouted, you know, I saw a couple cameras in there. I found a tree stand. And oh, really? Giant corn pile at the end. Went down to the other end, you know, let's say a mile away across the street. Trail cameras, tree stand, giant corn pile. I'm like, dang, this has hit pretty hard, but <clears throat> they're in the wrong spots. Like, everybody's in the wrong spots. I can see, you know, what the crop rotation is this year. Mm-hmm. I can see where the deer are traveling. I can see the marsh. I can see the bedding. I can see the food. And I can see the number one travel route through here. And these guys are 800 yards off on both ends. 
so I went in for a hanging hunt that night and deer were right under me. I mean, so, and you just put corn on the ground that night? The day before. Okay. So they. One day to find it. They okay. went in there, found it that day. Next day I went in. So when you're going into like corn and do this stuff, are you bumping deer a lot? Um, no, not really because they're really? in the, they're in the marshes most of the time. Okay. Or they'll bed right in the corn on the edges of the corn they're in the trees but they're not like you would think Mm -hmm. like these tree tree belts and these tree rows are like 100 yards wide that'd be a wide one like 50 yards is really what they are okay and they'll be like two miles long and there's nothing connecting just ag (laughs) it's it's crazy yeah it's like so vast it's weird it's hard to you sometimes you walk a tree row and you're like why why would there be deer here you know um the one I actually killed, the buck, we named him Hollywood, by the way. I never even told you his name. Tyler, yeah. Tyler named him Hollywood. But the tree row that we hunted <clears throat> was sunflowers on one side and soybeans on the other side. And there was a couple marshes in the sunflowers. So that crop rotation with the sunflowers around the marshes, think about the cover that creates oh, for yeah. the deer. And then the tree row, well, everything across the street to the south, probably three, fourth. 5,000 plus acres posted just tight, like tight, tight. Really? And uh, so I'm looking at across the street, the posted stuff, and it's dynamite. Like, holy shit, there's some really badass deer habitat in here. Just really good stuff, really good crop rotation. And they got one tree belt that's not posted across the street. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, this tree belt looks pretty good because it's butting up to just dynamite. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you, it really comes down to like looking what's around. Sure. Like I'm not hunting the ideal tree row, but it maybe you yeah, just put right. a camera on it. Dump five it's the best, uh, best option you have. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, you can't drive a ranger through people's crops. So we're carrying, yep. everyone's like, oh, hunting over corn pile. Well, yeah, we're carrying a five-gallon bucket of corn down the edge of a bean field or edge of a sunflower seed, you know, a mile with five-gallon buckets of corn. It's not as cool as it sounds. Like, it's <laughs> it's pretty horrible. It's miserable, actually. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, you hunted over corn. It's like, I get there's so many guys that hate on that stuff, but. Hey, if you can do it, you can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't condone anybody if it's legal in your state to hunt over corn. It, yeah. Teach your own, man. If they if they said no corn baiting, I'd say, okay, that's fine. I'm still going to hunt. I'll figure it out a different way. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. I, I can do it, and I'm here for a limited time, and my goal is to kill deer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use every resource I can that's perfectly legal. and Yeah. You know? For sure. So, okay, you get all the scouting done. Did You know, you're going to go in. It's opening night. You're not hunting mornings, I'm guessing. No, no mornings. Okay. But we're up, we're up scouting every morning. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna go in the opening night. What bead did you have on a buck? Like, what, was there any daylighters that are like, okay, I, I got to get in here and, and do a hunt here? Um, no, not really, because we had essentially two days of trail cameras in our spots that we set up. So really, not many daylight bucks. Like, so what was your going into that sit? What made you go to the stand you did then? Probably the most deer sign, the best habitat on both sides. Like I said, the trail, the just, you know, if you look at this many spots, see, so you looked at 15 spots, you're yep. like, okay, these are definitely the top three. Now let's figure out what's going to work best. Um, but obviously having a camera in there, I seen a few bucks hit that camera. Like they might've found it at midnight or 5 a.m. Or But you know, they're there. They're there. I'm yeah. like, okay, they're there. And they just found this spot, you know, and then the first two days of season were cold. Red moon, cold front, first two days. Like it was dynamite. If you watched anything on anybody who's in North Dakota, everybody killed the first two days. It was mm-hmm. just, it was cold. Like went from 85 to freaking 55. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. Dude. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. 
So, okay, you're going in first night. You're going into the stand. Do a hang and bang. Yep. You're hanging right then. Yep. How much merit do you put on first sits in? Like, you got to make it the best sit. I mean, a lot because I knew, what's like I said, seven to 10 days, and we got a cold front red moon first two days. So those first two days got to be like, damn, you're going into your best spot. Like, got to. You got to. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the only spot we had some decent bucks showing up, <clears throat> and I know that this is a good area, so really, really banking on those first two sits, you know? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So you get into the stand, you get set up and everything. How long did it take you before you start seeing deer? Um, I didn't see deer until, you know, 20 minutes before sunset. Is that normally what it is? So yeah. you're you're like that last half hour, that's what you're hunting for. Yeah. Um, I mean, deer move a lot during the day, but when it's cold, they'll move a little earlier. Mm-hmm. You know that, obviously. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's that last 30 minutes sometimes, you know, depending on how close you are to the bedding. You know, there's times I've seen deer early, but normally it's that last 20 minutes out there. I got you. Okay, so take me through that first night, what what goes down. So I get out there. It's super cold. Like I said, cold front, got good wind, which is nice when you're self-filming. You can actually move in the tree. Mm-hmm. I love that. And uh, so I set my stand up and get all set up, sit there. And as the sun starts to come down, it's getting even colder, wind's still strong. I see a doe and a buck at 200 yards coming across these beans. And I can see that they're coming directly towards me. I'm like, game on. I see the buck, pick the binos up. I do the hole. Yep. In one second. You know, I just, I really? see, I see a big frame. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's a 120 or 140. I just, mm-hmm. I see a big old velvet frame, you know, nine pointer. I'm like, yep. Like I'm, I'm not wicked picky. Yep. I haven't, A, I haven't killed a velvet buck before. B, it's like, that's kind of what I'm here for. You know, just, just something like you've seen the, you're yep. like, you're like, yep, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. He's a great looking deer. He probably, I don't know, from the, he probably in that Pope and Young range. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Good looking buck. Velvet was pristine. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm hammering down. Yep. <laughs> he, he was real boxy. So yep. he had that cool boxy look Tall, to him. Tall boxy frame. Nice yep. long times. Yeah. It was like, it was, like I said, it took one second with the binos. I was like, yep. So turned around talked to the gopro i'm like you know good buck just stopped out 200 yards he's gonna come this way i don't know if he'll be here before dark doe comes in she comes right into nine yards head down sitting there feeding and uh you hear him crouching oh <laughs> dude he's marching in so i don't even see, really see him yet too much you know because as soon as i hear the marching you know i turn the camera and he comes in just real sweet video mm-hmm. all, all velvet he's within 15 yards comes all the way into like you know eight or nine yards whatever it is and uh yeah i hit him wrong i made a horrible <laughs> shot <laughs> well let's go let's get into it because i okay. mean you can kind of 
fill us in on because when people watch it you can yeah. they can kind of come back to this and refer to like maybe something you could maybe you didn't say on the footage or yeah, you know yeah. your afterthoughts now yeah. and like what you're thinking so 100 percent, man so he come in he went downwind of the bait pile so he come in tight jay hooked in jay hooked in yep. I, like a smart deer would comes in he's sitting basically directly facing away from me so i was like all right well we don't have much daylight left at all I'm pretty much running out of camera light you can't run a sight light on your bow in North yep, Dakota. Yep. So I had to take that off. So I have no light on my pins and, uh, you know, lights fading fast. And the buck I want to shoot is at nine yards <clears throat> and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Now tell I, me this before you go any farther. Did it ever run through your mind of like, this is night one. I'm going to live to fight another day. No. Just let it get dark. No. No. <laughs> it did not. Uh, I got to ask the tough question. No, I know. That's it's horrible. I don't want to sound desperate, but I spent a whole, you know, last year in North Dakota hunting, and you might get that one opportunity. It might be one or it might be 10. You don't know. So it's mm-hmm. like he was there. He was what I wanted. He wasn't standing how I wanted. But like I said, when I went full draw on him, he's, he's standing directly away from me. I didn't realize his, his front legs were so much in a hole. And then I'll shoot him quartering away. That's mm-hmm. the easiest way to explain it. It's a hard quarter. It was definitely it was, a hard quarter. It was a really hard quarter. Yep. But, but I've practiced those at, you know, I shot 3D archery for however many years, mm-hmm. seven years or something. And you get those shots. You're almost shooting at their back leg, mm-hmm. like in between the back leg and the front shoulder. It's just like a really small window. And you're trying to just tuck that arrow in there. And that's something I was talking to you about is like, I don't know if I would have took that shot with an expandable broadhead. And I'm shooting the fixed helix. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this thing's not going to kick out. It's not going to expand. Like, I know I can just sink this thing right where I'm aiming like a dart. And and I also, t- I always tell myself this. When I go full draw on a deer, I don't have to pull the trigger. So if I go full draw. Don't like it. You can I don't let like up. it. Yep. I can I'm let the same down. Way. I'm the same way. So, like, <clears throat> I always tell myself that. Like, you don't have to shoot. We're going full draw. So, go full draw. Anchored solid. Everything's solid. I'm rock solid. I mean, at nine yards, your pin on that animal is huge. Like, mm-hmm. damn, I got so much movement here of room. And I was probably full draw for 20 seconds or something. Just really took my time. Felt great on the shot. Shot broke and, you know, hit basically exactly where I was aiming. Um, but obviously, after reviewing the footage, <clears throat> not where should have shot. Should have shot a lot lower. Well, you know, and you asked me if I would have taken that shot. And personally... I probably would have let him turn a little bit more, but you know, that's not for me to say, like, I'm not saying you did a, yeah. a bad move. Um, where you hit him is probably where I would have shot him too. Right. You know what I mean? But I'm going to tell you what right now, this is, if you're looking for, okay, let, let's just, I'm going to, I'm going to do a call to action here. Uh, <laughs> he looks broadhead. If you are like thinking about wanting to use these or try them out or whatever and you're maybe worried about penetration or something like that you need to watch this footage because tyler literally shoots this deer in the back uh the back quarter yep okay and this arrow comes out like by his like it goes all the way through him it comes out by his like the base of his neck yeah you know what i mean on the top side and tyler will get into that in a minute but like this thing at nine yards, what are you pulling? Seventy pounds? About uh, sixty-five. Sixty-five. So there yeah. you go. But he's got monkey arms. He's got like yeah, thirty-one inch draw. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm telling you what, man, these things they, they penetrate. penetrate like a bitch. I mean, yeah. When you watch the footage and you see the arrow come out where it came out, you're like, holy crap, dude! It went through the whole deer. And I'm, I didn't realize it came out as high it high as it did. So now explain. 
Okay, let's just get, so you shoot the deer. What yep. happens? So I shoot the deer and I'm like, yep, I watched the lighted knock bury. I'm mm-hmm. like, done. You know, just right there. I'm, I'm assuming it went right in the rib cage and, you know, probably out the, you know, lower chest cavity or somewhere. I, I know I hit something good in there. Bounds off, stops. I'm like, shit, I didn't hear him crash, but he stopped. You know, I'm kind of getting nervous, getting nervous, sit there. Made a few phone calls, sent a couple people the video. I called you. You didn't answer. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, just, I just sit kid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good. I watched the video back and instantly my whole demeanor changed. I was like, shit, you know, it's, it's, you can tell it's high and it's high because he's in such a steep hole. I didn't realize his front legs. Were I didn't in a realize hole. that either until we watched it tonight. No. And um, so I think what happened is the entry was perfect, but the problem was, is he was arced so bad. It come out the top of his neck. So I think it entered good, probably got the top of the guts maybe, and came out the top of his back straps. So obviously that's why it wasn't bleeding much because mm-hmm. the entire arrow was completely through this deer. Yeah. And Did he, you ever get the arrow back? No. Really? He's still riding that around, I'm sure. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's unfortunate, man. It's Honestly, it's the first buck I've ever wounded. Never wounded a buck before. So yeah. pretty proud of myself I got to this point, to be so, honest. Tell me this, though. Like... So what you track him that night or no? Um, so I backed out my buddy Tyler that we're staying with killed that night. So yep, we went right. in, we went and recovered his deer, uh, got his buck out, shot a really nice buck and, uh, got his out. Probably took us two and a half hours, maybe get his out. And he's like, Hey, let's get some more lights. Let's give that deer some time. Let's at least go check for blood and kind of make a plan. Yep. So when we get back, we, we check for blood, not seeing a bunch, kind of going a little bit, just kind of dilly-dallying, just, you know. Next thing you know, it's midnight, and we're 400 yards down the track job, and I'm just like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Yep. And that's blood wasn't like you wanted it. Because like you said, I mean, and after watching the footage, it was high. You <laughs> know what I mean? I, I honestly think you were – the way he was – this is my opinion. The way he was sitting in that hole, his front half – you thought the angle was great, but in reality, the angle was like not as steep, and it just the arrow stayed high. I, I think don't think there was any deflections or nothing. It just stayed high. His his head was low, his neck was low, and that's why it came out above his neck. I think so too, man. A lot of guys talk about not shooting deer with their heads down. You know what I mean? Because it changes the vitals, it changes mm-hmm. everything. Think about like all your anatomy that sits. And if I were to like get on my hands and knees and like lean a certain way, like your stomach, all that stuff moves Moves. and moves. So if you're like in a hole, all that shit's going way up in your rib cage. Well, the same with with black bears too. And we went up black bear hunting in the spring, this last spring. They tell you to not shoot a bear that's sitting down. Yeah. Because all the intestines and everything move down. Way down. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So I don't know how much that holds true to that situation. I think I was probably just high. And I know... The spine's there. The spine's a lot lower than most guys think. And I think what happened is I, I entered under the spine, but I basically went beside it and out the back straps. Hmm. So I don't think I hit arteries. I don't think I hit – I mean, I I basically believe that that deer's probably still alive right now. Like That's about where I'm at with it. Yeah. So uh, you guys looked that night. What happened that night? So, like I said, tracked 400 yards on a really scarce blood trail, not looking good. You know, you're tracking a deer that got shot in the back straps, essentially, and the whole arrow's in him. So, but you're not thinking that, because when you sent me the video, I'm like, dude, that, that deer's going to die. Everyone. He's going to die. Just give him some time. Yep, and that's what everybody said. You know, I sent it yeah. to a few few friends, and everyone's like, dead deer, dead deer, dead deer. It's like, no, dude, he's in a hole. Look at the, look at the mm-hmm. exit. Look at the exit. It's coming right out his neck. And I couldn't see that. 
Now, until I pointed it out, a lot of people didn't know. And I have a trail cam picture I can show you, too, that that camera took when he was standing in that hole. Yeah. And he's just like this, dude. Um, so, yeah, it was it was unfortunate. Tracked him 400 yards. And when I got to that point, I was like, damn, I should have backed out earlier. You know, when you get to 400 yards and you don't find your deer, you're like, damn it. Did yeah. you think you pushed him at all? I don't think I did because the wind was settled down. But you never know. Yeah. That's the thing, Did dude. he bed down at all? Never bedded down. That's really? another thing. So that's what uh, next day went back in. Uh, had a tracking dog come in and search for him. And guy's like, no beds. He's like, kept saying no beds. He's like, not a good sign. He's like, when deer hurt, they're bedding down. He's like, this deer ain't bedding down. He's not stopping. He's not, he's like, he's not acting like a deer that's going to die. That's just what I'm going to tell you. I'm not, he's like, I've been wrong before. <clears throat> he's like, I've went on a no blood trail for a mile and still find the deer. He's mm-hmm. like, but it just seemed weird. So dog jumped on the blood trail next morning went another 800 yards 900 yards next thing you know we were two miles in this dog's still trailing trailed him all the way to this big marsh i was telling you about and uh he's like it looked like he went into the marsh kind of because the dog wants to keep running in the same spot and i'm like damn i don't know you know so searched all the way around the marsh it's all big <clears throat> cattle ground on that side and just it was a whole day from starting at five in the morning until basically two o'clock grid search and i mean a full day on top of the previous night it's just it's unfortunate man yeah I, i'm sure guys have have wounded deer it's not fun yeah and it's not at all so <laughs> you don't find him um what's what's the mindset what's the, what's the morale <laughs> the mindset is i suck but <laughs> <laughs> we all know that no so. i know it's uh you're beating yourself up you know because yeah. you keep replying to yourself you're like this is what i came here for this is what i practice all summer for this is why i'm so confident with my equipment and my everything i shoot and i train for that shot like mm-hmm. whether you know i practiced that shot before that's i'm so confident so you, you re- really feel deflated you're like damn sure. damn dude you know and um you know, I've kind of always, I haven't, like I said, I haven't wounded a buck before, but the mindset was I just filled my tag. Right. Whether I find this deer or not, I did shoot one and I probably should be done. That's, that's how I feel. I'm like, that deer's probably going to die. <laughs> Pretty much everybody I showed the video to is like, he's probably going to die. You might not find him or you're not going to find him because we didn't. And, um, I just felt like I used my tag and I probably should just hang it up. So okay. I get back to the house and I, and I tell Nick, I'm like, dude, I, I think I'm just camera guy. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm just like, dude, I just, I just screwed up. I don't, I don't deserve another opportunity. You know, it's like, I, I prayed to God for that one and I fucked it up, you know? So it's like, yeah. um, and he's like, dude, you can't be done. He's like, we might have 10 days left here. If I don't have to go back to work till this day, he's like, you're not going to not hunt for 10 days. You're not going to be camera guy for 10 days. And I was like, well, we'll figure it out later in the trip. He's like, you're going to figure it out now because tonight's our only other cold day. So he's like, unless you want to hunt 90 <laughs> degrees. It is, right? You, you see what I'm saying? He's on to something. And I was like, dude, I just, I feel like I burned my tag, I burned my tag. And <clears throat> it's just. It's uh, a tough pill, dude. I've been there. Yeah. You know, not very often, but I've been there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like in last year, my Michigan deer, when I hit him back and, you know, 48 hours with that deer. Yeah. And then it was just. That was a little different just in the fact of, like, I knew exactly where I hit him. I knew that the arrow where it entered and right. exited. I knew that, like, that deer was, he was an intestine hit. So, yes. I knew that deer was a fatal shot. He's going to die. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew that 100% he was going to die. I just had to stay on him. Yes. That's it. Yeah. And this this one was a little different. Like, half the people are saying yes. Tracking dog guy saying absolutely not. This deer's probably still kicking, mm-hmm. still moving. Right. So, it, it put me in a really horrible spot 
to, to think I'm going to go hunt again and shoot another deer. Like how optimistic can you feel after right. one day you've been here one day, you shot one and you heard it and now you're going to go shoot another one. Like makes me feel pretty low. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I totally, totally do, man. And, and I'm being honest. Cause like, it's, it's, I don't know, shitty, you know? So I totally get it. So, you know, after Nick's giving you the business there, like, what are you thinking? Like, no. And then what made you come around to going? Um, basically because he almost told me I couldn't film him. He's like, yeah, I'm going, I don't need you. Just so sit at the house and whine if you want to feel bad for yourself. I'm like, no, dude, I'm gonna come film. He's like, no, like you're going fucking hunting. Like that's pretty much where it came to. You know what I mean? Like he's like, dude, it sucks, but just we're here, man. Enjoy it. I'm sorry it happened to you, but don't let it ruin your trip. Go hunting. He's like, please go hunting. Yeah. He, that's, that's a good friend right there. It is, you you know, cause you know, selfishly, he could have just said, sweet, I got a camera guy this whole trip, you know. Or and, sweet, I've got all the stands now. <laughs> yeah, now I got 12 spots that, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely appreciative of Nick. And then, you know, we get back to the camp, and he's like, you check trail cameras? I said, no. He's like, go look at the Hollywood spot. So I checked the Hollywood spot, and him and I are talking. Him, him, Tyler, and I are all talking, and he's like, dude. So the buck we called Hollywood, he was in there bedded on one of the spots, that big tree row I was telling you about. He's in there bedded on the corn for like eight hours that night while we were out tracking. He was deer, sleeping on the corn. Sleeping on the corn. And I don't. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but like, I guess bucks will like take over a, a food source. I didn't know. I've never. I've heard, heard that. a couple different guys talk about like when a mature buck or a dominant buck. You don't even have to be mature. It could be a spike. Thinks that this is mine. He'll bed in it and he'll lay in that sucker. And really? if other deer come in, he'll try to push them off and he'll lay in it. And he's trying to like own this little corn pile. And I guess that <laughs> happens in North Dakota quite a bit. Wow. Never knew that. Yeah. So this buck just decided to own this corn pile in this tree row in the middle of BFE. He's like, this is mine. Everyone else piss off. So so this buck, were you you were getting him on camera before though, right? Uh, yes. So he had a couple pictures of him because Tyler put a camera here. So Tyler's like, hey, there's all this private over here. He's like, check this tree row out. I'm like, dude, we got to get a camera in the spot. This is sweet. Like, that's a for sure one. Like when you see it from a map, you're like, yes. Like. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'll get a camera out there. I'm like, well, I'll mail you one. He's like, I got a couple. We'll put one out there. No big deal. He's like, I'll carry a five-gallon bucket back there and stick a camera on it. I'm like, mm-hmm. sweet. So that was one of the spots that were set up. So when you're getting pictures of him before or a couple pictures, was he ever daylight? Never daylight. And when he sent it, he's like, go check this tree line out. He's like, log into my account, check this tree line out. You're never going to believe what came out of that private, you know, because he sent it. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, that's a sweet yeah. deer. And, uh. But I sent it to Nick. We talked back and forth. Cool deer. Probably never going to see him. Mm-hmm. That was the thought, you know, because you see him. He's nocturnal. He's a giant. You're like probably not even going to pursue him. Yeah. You know, and I kind of talked to Nick. I was like, I'd love to kill that deer. And Nick's like, go ahead. Not for me. Not not a killable deer. Like, good luck. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, I want to kill him. You know, that'd be cool. And Nick's like, go ahead. I'm going to find my own spots and kill my own deer. You can have that deer that's never going to show up. Yep. <laughs> and he, there's a lot of truth to that. Cause yeah. When you get one of the biggest bucks on camera, yeah, sure, you want to hold out for him the whole trip. <laughs> but if but if he's going to show in daylight, it's going to be the cold front. He's going to be the cold front. So, yeah, he never he never daylighted on that first cold front day. But that night, so here's our assumption. We could be very wrong on this. Oh, I like assumptions. Here's our here's our assumption. All three of us totally agree on this. We see how badass this habitat is across the street. That's all private. We know they're deer hunters. It's badass, right? So opening day happens, right? Well, then that night, all of a sudden, Hollywood comes out all that private to this one tree row. So it leads me to believe that those guys went in, tried to kill 100%. his ass, blew him right out. And he's like, okay, I'll live in this little tree row and not stay in all this habitat. Because 
what would cause that giant deer to leave? Yeah. Hunting pressure. So, okay, if I'm picturing this right, how did you enter the tree row? From the bad area, from the road, in between. The, where he's probably, how he's probably getting to that corn. Yes. So I got dropped off. I didn't park the truck there. Tyler dropped me off. We're running late. Okay, I, wait a second. We got to go back. Okay. We got to go back. We, you're, we're, we're still pissing and moaning at the, at the house right now. You finally said you're going to go. <laughs> yep. So then what made you, did it, was was his picture being there the night before, what made you be like, oh, I'll just go try it? Um, so what happened is we I check it and I see that he's bedded in there. And then Tyler, you know, Nick and I were all like, well, he's in there for eight hours. He's probably bedded in there pretty tight. Mm-hmm. And Nick's like, go get your deer. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean he's going to show up, dude. Just because he bettered in there eight hours. Nick's being an asshole now. No, we're just, we're, we're such good <laughs> no, he's buddies. being a smart ass. He's you, like, you, you go get him. You go get him. Just yeah. go get him. No, it's, I, I feel like Nick knew that he was bettered in there tight too. Oh, for sure. He knew. You know, anyone, yeah. anyone who's a deer hunter who sees a deer do that goes. Nick's a smart deer hunter. He knows he exactly is. where he's at. Exactly. And it was a really selfless thing of him to allow me to go in there. And I'm still thankful when I, you know, when everything went through, I still told Nick. Like, you owe Nick a lot. <laughs> I do. I do. I filmed him for 10 days. I think he owes me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. Where, where do you want me to go? From so there? how did you get in there? I want to know how you walked into this because if I'm picturing it right, the private where he, where you figured he was the badass private is yep. on one side of the road. Yep. Where the tree line is, where he was bedded on your corn, was on the other side of the road. Yep. So did, was it ever a thought where he could be bedded in between where you want to sit in the in the road? Hundred percent. And and I honestly had that thought <clears throat> that he was bedded tight. I didn't. Where you got to come in from? Yeah, that that was my thought. You know, like where do I come in? You don't know where he's bedded. You know, he was. You have the camera <clears throat> and it's facing one way, and you know he's. You could have went any direction from there embedded. So your odds are as good as guessing. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm going to take the least intrusive, which is like the soybean side of this tree row, because least amount of ground scent. I can be the quietest. It's I could very well bump him. But if, if he was a smart old buck, like I think he is, he's probably going to be in the sunflowers. He's probably going to be in some cover. Cover, I mean, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to yep. take like the open area. Like it sounds weird, but um, so that was my thought process going in. So Tyler dropped me off. We did not want to park a truck in this spot. A, we don't want anybody to know we're hunting there. B, we don't want the deer to see it. If he's going to come out of that mm-hmm. private, we don't want him to see a truck. Oh, shit. And then not come that way. So, how When did the deer actually leave the camera? What time was it? Do you remember? Late, like 5 a.m. or something. Okay, so he left before it was daylight. Yes, just okay. before. Yep. Um, so that obviously led us to believe he was in there tight. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I, I get dropped off. And I'm running late and I'm pissed off because I got a, I've had a bad day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I shouldn't even pissing and moaning. Pissing and moaning. Like I said, feeling bad for myself. I got it real bad in North Dakota whitetail hunting, living the dream, right? Yep. So, anyways, like I get dropped off and I walk in. And I don't know if you've ever had this before, but when I'm coming in, I got my stand on my back, all my camera gear, and I'm coming down these beans. We got good wind. And I remember just being like, damn, I feel stealthy right now. I don't know if you ever got that. I don't know if you ever <laughs> I got have. that. You know I what have, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's times I'm, like, a bull in a china shop, and I'm like, geez, slow down. Like, well, you're not a small human. I'm a big dude, man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So, I remember getting out there and, like, coming through the beans and, like, real quiet, and like, getting in my tree. I'm like, all right, this tree's going to work. I started to hang in this one tree. I was like, nope, this sucks. All the trees in North Dakota suck, by the way. So, I find this patch Should of cotton. Should have had a saddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I find this patch of cottonwoods, and I'm like, man, this tree's going to work. 
but the only spot I can't shoot is the dead center of that bait pile. Yeah. So I can shoot everything to both sides, wide open spaces for all of eternity. But if this deer for some reason ends up on the center of this corn pile, I'm fucking screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hang in this tree. I get set up. What time is it? That's maybe two thirty. Three, okay. three, times o- getting three, dark? three o'clock, uh, eight. Okay. So eight ish, eight thirty, yep. somewhere in there. Pretty late, but that was pretty late for the fact that I knew that I, let's say you got an hour walking in, hanging a stand and then setting up camera gear yep. and stuff. So get out there and patch a cotton woods. It's really a dream setup when you got a bunch of trees around you, especially when you can hang your bow on a different tree or mm-hmm. lean against some shit. That's yeah. my favorite setups. So like, you know, Michigan's like getting in a crotch of a tree, yep. you know, out there's like a patch of cotton woods. So just really lethal setup and felt really confident, got in there. And I, like I said, I was like, damn, I was stealthy. Like I felt like I set up really quiet. And when you got just, in, you're like, man, I, was, I snuck, I don't, I I snuck in spooked. here. Yeah, you nothing's know, spooked. Nothing spooked. And I was just like, damn, if he's in here, tell you, he's got no idea I'm here. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's run through my head. Uh, you know, first buck that comes out probably when you're asking me how late they come out, this buck come out early. That one that you've seen, the little four-pointer. Looks like a mule deer. He looks like a mule deer. He's yeah. the width of his ears, and he's freaking... I feel like he's got mule deer in him. I've heard of those hybrids. Yep. I've never seen one. He yep. sure looked like it. Uh, so he comes in from behind me and comes down the tree row, you know, oblivious, comes right into the corn pile. I don't know if he got a wind of me or what, but did you see him when he looked mm-hmm. at the camera? His eyes peeled, and he was like chewing on oh, corn. Shit. Oh, shit. What are you doing <laughs> up there? Uh, so he was in there early. And uh, probably about... I don't know, 45 minutes before sunset, I'm sitting there. and That deer's still in the corn? Yeah, I I feel like I should tell this story because I kind of left it out of the segment series, but I'm pretty religious, you know. I believe in God, I'm Christian, stuff like that. And I pray in the tree stand quite often, and pretty much every sit I always say a prayer or something. Mm And uh, So this one I felt like shit because I had a bad day, you know. And I closed my eyes and prayed, and... It was something along the lines of, you know, you know, thank you for these opportunities and, you know, sorry, I fucked it up basically, but, uh, I don't expect anything else on this trip. You know, I want to pray for anybody else who's struggling, like anyone who's just in the dumps right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, basically don't exhaust any effort on me. If this is how my trip ends, I'm totally content. Like I'm so thankful. Open my fucking eyes and the biggest deer that I've ever seen in my life is standing at like 50 yards. Jeez. So coming down the fence row, coming down the fence row. So my whole body went completely numb because I I just told God, like, I'm good. Thank you. Just don't, don't be here for me. Like I, I fucked up. Like I don't deserve it type deal. And I feel like it's important to tell that because that was just crazy. It was crazy, dude. It was like, you can't make that shit up, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, come, come right in, coming in on a string and, you can see in the video, I'm full panic mode. Just like, oh, dude, gong show, gong show, dude. I'm fucking swinging shit around <laughs> in the tree, dude. Just like, oh my god, I'm having a gay old time up there. I got a new camera that I barely know how to run, and my bow's hung on the other side, and I'm trying to reach over a camera arm to get my bow, and I fucking smoked the camera, and I'm trying to pass it underneath my leg. I don't know what I was doing. It was, I was pretty much blind. <laughs> Gonger, dude. Yeah. So he comes in, but he's coming from where you entered, right? He did, dude. And I'm fairly... Was it Was it on the bean side? Bean side. He did. Cut my tracks the whole way. Really? The whole way. All the way to where, where he was at five yards or Were you wherever. wearing lace-up boots? I sprayed down, though. Nose jammer at the truck. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Gears. So he a... came in... He came down your, your trail that he you did. walked in in. Yep, 100%. Wow. 
And the wind is hitting you in the face, right? It's hitting the face, yep. It's kind of cutting quarterly at me. Yep. So it's coming from him to you. Yes. So w- what's his demeanor like? He's coming in. Wick, you know. Wicked chill. Like, I've I've only seen a handful of deer of that caliber in my life that tight. And you got to think he's coming in with the wind to his back. Yep. You know, so he doesn't even have the wind at his nose. Super confusing. But I think what he was doing was he was for sure trying to circle around the corn. Like, in his head, he was, like, swinging wide in his head. Mm-hmm. with that weird that was spot where he went through is probably the only hole in that tree row that's not like almost not even walkable like a cluster yeah yeah so like he would knew where he had to like enter and he was like gonna walk p- way past it just to cut back so but he didn't realize he wasn't cutting me if he'd have went one tree back i'd have been screwed mm-hmm. so he's coming in and you know he commits to the pile so then what happens? So, obviously, I told you I can shoot. Gong every, show still. Oh, yeah. It's still horrible. It's a shit show up there. It's it's cool that it's all on video so everyone can make fun of me and get to watch it. That's cool. But yeah. I put a 160-inch deer in front of them and see how, how they <laughs> react, you know? Uh, yeah. So, he comes in, and I see this little two-foot window in these cottonwoods, and I see him going towards it, and I'm like, you know, you, the wheels start turning. You're like, got to go now. Can I get the camera on it? And can I get my bow? And can I get draw back? Can I stop him in it? It's mm-hmm. just like, as much as I want to do that, what just happened? I'm like, no, we're going to wait this shit out. We are going to wait as long as we need he's to. He's going to the corn. He's, he's committed. Going he's going to the corn. Yeah. He's, he's past the point of spooking and smelling me. He's going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. So I just got to be calm, slow the moment down. It's windy and it was cold. It was like 50 degrees with wind. And I'm wearing like super thin. So you kind of got the shakes in the first oh, yeah. place. And then you put that caliber of deer in front of me, dude. I said, I felt like I was riding the school bus. Like I was just sitting there like this <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And I would like, wouldn't do the whole breathe. And then I'm like, <laughs> it was funny, dude. I was just shake. I don't know if I've shook like that since first buck I ever shot. Yeah. Like just cause you're half cold, half worked up, half just this big cluster of the last two days going through my head and put a big old velvet buck in front of me and i'm i'm losing all motor controls dude just gone gone so he comes in goes to the corn pile turns directly facing me behind the single cottonwood tree that i can't shoot mm-hmm. i'm trying you see in the video it's a time lapse and i'm like where can i get him here can i get it here you know maybe if i reach way over here and i'm leeching out the lights tree. fading lights fading 20 <clears throat> i had the gopro on i hit record when i first seen him the whole encounter was like 24 minutes long. So for 20 minutes, I had this deer at 14 yards and I couldn't get an arrow out of my bow. Cause he's just, he's facing directly towards me. And I mm-hmm. basically just went through this the day before. So it was a, it was a cluster. And finally down to the last five minutes of shooting light, I'm like, I got to make something happen. This is a big deer. And I screwed it up yesterday. And this is just a different deer in a different situation. Be calm. You got to be smart. He's quartering towards me. Yesterday was quartering away. Today is quartering towards me. Like, yep. Lovely. Not so, hard, but. Yeah, yeah, but still, like, damn, you mm-hmm. know. So I end up fully extending the camera arm all the way to the right to the point to where I can't touch the screen of the camera. This is how far the camera was away. Like, okay. And I can see him on it. I'm like, all right, he's in frame. And I remember reaching over and spinning the focus, getting the peaking. I can see him. Yeah. So I still can't shoot him here. So at this point, I'm completely off the left-hand side of the tree. The camera is four foot off the right-hand side of the tree. So we're shooting around a patch of cottonwoods. Jeez. And I'm basically like saddle mode. Like my tree stand harness is yep. hanging me. And the wind's just huffing, dude. So I go full draw. 
and you see in the video i'm just like moving away and i'm like oh no you know this is not good and i'm just like you know gotta just slow it down slow it down slow it down finally i got myself composed and i said we're gonna we're gonna pinch one off right behind that shoulder as tight as we can without hitting the shoulder because don't want a shoulder shot we don't want a gut shot Mm -hmm. um after watching the shot on video you can i wasn't anchored quite as tight as i thought i was you can kind of see it when the wind was blowing it was pulling the string off my face yep um but i just hit him a little back it wasn't horrible it, it was a, i was pretty confident that deer was gonna die center mass you know he's quartered yeah. to you a little bit center mass you got lung liver probably a little gut you know what i mean with him being quartered in there but he was a dead deer De- dead deer yeah. and he didn't know what hit him he didn't know I was, oh dude it blitzed right through yeah. him <laughs> quicker than shit running down your leg dude, i mean it zipped him and i mean he was zipped and then his eyes peeled like yeah. what the you know he had yeah. no idea uh he looks stuck in the dirt on the other side, full pass through, just, I'm like, oh, you know, so I watch him run off, and I actually did see him stop for a minute, and he kind of tail flicked, and then he turned into the tree row, so I'm like, shit, 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 And you got to walk back that way. And I got to walk back that way, I'm like, yikes, you know, I, I can't see him, I can't see him. I grabbed the GoPro, I'm like, I shot the biggest deer in my life, you know, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I'm not getting excited. I just made this mistake. You know, turn the cameras off. Be smart. You know, I got it all on video. Now just chill. You got to make a smart decision here, yep. whatever's going on. So uh, I can't see him anymore at this point. Light's fading. I call I call Tyler. I think I called Lauren and Tyler, actually. I, uh, I did talk to you that night, mm-hmm. actually. You did answer. Yep, I did answer. <laughs> uh, but I was doing some calls real quick, just real quietly. And as I'm calling Tyler, I'm like, dude, I shot Hollywood. He's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, swear to God, dude, came in in daylight and I shot him and, uh, he comes out of the tree row. I'm like, holy shit, gotta go. He's right here. Hit end call. And he's standing at 55 yards on the opposite side of the tree row. Well, same side he came in, the bean side. And he's kind of like in this little marshy area. And I watched him like stumble and then he stood up and then I watched him do a 360 and he stumbled again. Okay. And it's pretty dark. So I'm like, Bore, I mean, losing my mind in the first place. But Almost like, did you see what you just saw? Or like, yeah, was yeah. It, you like, know what was, I mean? was that him just 360 and then standing yep. in bedding? Like, yep. I'm pretty sure. And I pick up the binos and I see his horns and then I lose his horns and I'm like, fucking seeing stuff. You know, I'm fairly certain I just seen him through do a 360, but I'm just like, okay, I know I seen him do a 360 and bed down, but I didn't see him after that. Mm-hmm. I lose light and call Tyler back. He's like, can you get another arrow? And I'm like, dude, it's dark. Can't shoot another arrow. It's dark, you know? I was like, I'm fairly certain he just betted at 50, 55 yards, but he's like, back out of there. He's like, the next closest road is a mile and a half through the sunflower seeds. There are sunflower plants, whatever, and uh, I'm going to go out this way. We're going to get him overnight. He's like, I don't care. He's like, let's just, what happened yesterday, dude? We're not even going to track It's going to be cold that night, right? Well, it's it? it's going to be cold. If he's dead now, he'll be dead in the morning. And mm-hmm. same thing with Nick. You know, everybody's just like, back out, back out, back out. Even if that deer was 100, I mean, we watched the shot. He was dead, but just just back out. We had bad luck the night before, and we're just not pushing a deer. We're not, we're not risking it, you know? Yeah. So backed out, went in the next morning, dead right in his bed never moved 55 yards wow so where you did see him bed down is where he was ultimately at he was right there and i and i kept a little bit of that to myself you know that he i was fairly certain he was dead in his bed i just you don't want to be too overconfident though. i don't you know what i mean i don't i'm uh i'm superstitious with that stuff too like don't congratulate me until we get my got our hands on him you know i learned that the hard way on that trip yeah you'll get that (laughs) and it only takes once or twice until it like really brings you back to reality like okay don't be counting your chickens for the hatch that's right man you know yeah you'll see 
in, in the first first uh, hunt to the second hunt, it's like oh, I can't get excited. Like, yeah, just don't get excited. I don't get my hands on them. Even the mm-hmm. next morning, can't get excited yet. Don't get my hands on them. Like, yep. Higher you get, the harder you fall. When it, you know what yeah. I mean. So it's like stay somewhere in the middle in that sweet spot where you don't get your heart broken as hard. For sure, dude. So okay, I mean, you just laid down a giant, your biggest deer ever. Yep. You know, um, how you know when you when you get up to him and everything, you do your filming and whatnot, like how did, I mean, his, his velvet was pristine. Like there was, was nothing wrong with it. So like, how did you have to handle that velvet on his, on his antlers? Yeah. Uh, very carefully, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, when I get up to him, I was like, Oh shit, you know, biggest deer ever. Holy crap. You know, completely lose my cookies and that's all on video too. So that's cool. But he didn't throw up. He was just, I was almost there. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept saying weird stuff, but it's funny when you when you kill a deer like that, you lose your mind. It's crazy, dude. It's you know when there's things when you're being filmed that you go back and you watch and you're like, I don't remember doing that. I don't remember I don't, doing that. I don't remember saying that. I don't remember saying that over and over. Like everyone heard me. Why was I repeating myself? Why times? was I doing that? Yeah, yeah. And that's like that's something when I shot my Iowa deer. Um, when he fell, it was over a terrace, so I couldn't see like. And then Casey was filming me and he's like, I'm going to go up and look at him first and I want to see how he's laying and everything. And I'm like, dude, don't do that to me. Like, I want to see him like too. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. And he's like, no, I want your like reaction, first reaction. Like what you, and when we went, what you see on that video was real, was real. It is my hundred percent first. And honestly, in all the years I've been doing this, we've never walked up to deer and then like reenacted it. Not one time. You can't. No. No way. No. Now there's times where like you'll see, we'll walk up to him, do a talk, first reactions, but then we'll go back and we'll like do a shot in frame rate or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, after that, after the yeah, fact, catch, like capture the real emotion and what really yeah. happened. If you got to yeah. fill in a couple really small stuff, but mm-hmm. yep. um, yeah, that that whole hunt was. I mean, there was not a thing staged, recreated, reenacted. It was real, right? Exactly, right? Heck as real yeah. as we could film it, and that's. I mean, it's crazy, man. I like, love it. I'm, I'm really pumped with that episode. Hopefully, we can keep that ball rolling the rest of the well, year. Well, segment two is pretty good, too. We won't get into that yet. Uh-huh. We already know what segment two is going to be. I know. We Old need- Nikki the Wheel shoots <laughs> one, too. <laughs> it only took us the whole trip down to the last day, but... But that's some good footage, too, that you were it telling is. me. Like, I can't wait to see that. When's segment two going to come out? Uh, it's going to be two weeks following October 1st, so it'll be the 14th. Okay, cool. So... I mean, you're going to drop this, like you said, October 1st in the morning, um, get everybody amped up. Oh, do you ever think about doing it the night before deer season? We could, man. We could surprise everybody. Drop do you want to do it before. right now and just say, hey, September 30th? Is it 30th? Is yeah, it so yeah, Friday night. That'd be kind of cool. Day before deer season. Hey, just drinking, a thought. Drinking some brewskis in the barn and... Just a thought. That's a good thought. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... October 1st, it's going to come out. <laughs> uh, look for that on the rise. Guys, do me a favor, too. Tyler, he busts his ass for so many years now and does this stuff on a high level. Go to the Rise YouTube channel. Subscribe to them because you guys won't regret it. You know, him and Michael and Nick, they're a team. Um, Michael's on some big deer right now. Michael actually lives close to me. He's part of the Saginaw Indian Chippewa Tribe. We've had him on the podcast before, and He's been hunting, you know, recently because their season starts in September. It does. A little so, early. Yeah. So he's been on some big deer, but I mean, all those guys are doing good things and I just like following their stories. I, so. I appreciate that, man. It's, yeah. 
you and I have talked a little bit about it, but it's it's crazy that we've been doing it this long. Mm-hmm. You know, that's obviously you saw the intro to the new season, and it's like we started the rise back in 2014. Yeah, like this this is the real. We've been doing this a long time, yeah. man. Like people just find out about us, like oh, a new hunting show. It's like right, yeah. It's 2022. We started in 14. Like we've yeah. been doing this a long time, and it's like. I think a lot of guys burn out and a lot of guys get sick of doing it because they just, ah, oh, so much work to take a camera or so much work right. to, well, I'm going to do it forever. I love, yeah. I love doing it. It's not work. I love whitetail hunting. I love filming. I love bringing footage over here and you watching it and going, yeah. fuck, that's sweet, man. Yep. And, and stuff like this. And whether you're wounding deer or killing deer, you know, to seem being able to see the shot placement and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. You're, you're no, a producer, dude, but you know, you're, you're good because like that stuff, I like to see that, like, and how far, I'm not saying this from I'm on a pedestal and you're, you know what I mean? From what I've seen, how you've grown since I've known you, just in producing and shooting and everything, dude, it's, you've blown it out of the water. I appreciate that, man. Like, you you have an eye for it and you know how I feel about you graphically, dude. There's not anybody out there, in my opinion, that can beat you graphically, so. I appreciate that. You know, you're, you're there and everybody out there, I'm telling you, go watch this episode. It's badass this year they're starting this year off hot nick i'll let the cat out of the bag a little bit kills another big deer on this trip and it's going to be segment two they've got some trips lined up and it could be a good year for you guys i appreciate so, that man when i'm just going to be sitting over here not seeing anything i mean <laughs> you guys are gonna what do you mean dude no dude i'm not gonna hunt this year at all oh okay <laughs> you're gonna hunt you're gonna kill some deer we'll see we'll see it just might be a doe year for me <laughs> no way not a freaking chance dude i need to find a deer to, to chase man it's that time of the year my bucks are gone if it makes you feel any better my michigan bucks I, are... let's be honest i mean I have some deer to chase. Uh, there, I'm deer. Some deer I'm excited about, um, and deer that I'm like totally geeking out about right now because, you know, I'm watching them, I'm glassing them, and you know I've done more scouting this off season than I've ever done just because with the time I was allotted, I'm not building a house this year, right? You know? And um, I've done all my scouting, and now it's just putting the plan in place and just letting it happen, you know. Yep. And uh, I'm excited because. I don't feel any pressure. Yeah. For some reason, it's it's all self-inflicted, but I don't this year I'm so you know, I'm in a mental state right now that I've never been stronger. My mental yeah. game right now, dude, is good. like straight and narrow. I am mentally the most strong I've ever been right now. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's killer. Don't know why, but it's just like I feel things clicking, you know. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you're in, in, in your new house. You've killed some great deer. You got a lot to be thankful yeah. for. And, you know, I think it's probably, probably just all kind of came together mm-hmm. for you. And you're just like, wow, dude. Like, I will say, too, <clears throat> like, you know, the last 10 years doing, you know, a lot of filming for, I still film for other people, but like doing it a, a, a certain way. Now it's like I can get back to actually doing it like how I. That's right. You know what I mean? How I envision I want the fall to be. That's right. You know what I mean? Yep. So like the filming I've done for the last 10 years, even though that I'm filming myself, that was always for something else as well. You know what I mean? So like now it's like I get to kind of geek out again and just kind of do it how I want it to. Not that it wasn't a vision of the other shows I worked on. It wasn't like my vision. There was some of my vision in there, but it was not like my it's the My way thing. the way I always say it is more hands on the paintbrush. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're you're a painter, you're a creator, you you make things. 
more people, more opinions, more this, more hands on the paintbrush. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm a brilliant painter, but more opinions I get, the less likely this painting is going to end up like either one of us. Like, you For know, sure. For sure. So, you know, obviously having free reigns to everything you're doing, yep. you're just like freaking... And honestly, dude, you know, if I don't kill a deer this year, I'm I'm good with that. You know what I mean? I'm I'm still like I'm taking the approach this year of just like I want to learn some new things. Like yeah, that's cool. M- one of my biggest goals is to like not set the same tree twice. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like let's move. Let's let's get aggressive. Like yeah, let's get it. more aggressive than I've ever been. I love it. Let's fuck up and let's learn. Learn from it. Yeah, that, that's uh, trust me. I want to kill a big deer. Oh, yeah, I, I want to kill a good Michigan deer. Yeah, hopefully it'll happen. But I'm gonna try my damnedest to do it. But I'm I'm gonna definitely keep branching out and try some different things that I've ever never tried before. That's awesome, dude. That's pretty similar to you know one of my goals I had for North Dakota is um, I bought a new mobile set, obviously mm-hmm. tree stand and stuff, yep. and I was like. I've always been that 50-50 mobile, pre-hung, honestly, not even 50-50, dude. I got mm-hmm. redneck blinds and shit, and yep. that is what it is. But um, I was like, I need to be more mobile, especially in North Dakota, especially in out-of-state out hunts, you know? So I'm really aggressive and mobile <clears throat> out-of-state, but I'm not here in Michigan because I'm lazy. So going to North Dakota, Nick's like, how many stands you bring in? How many blinds you bring in? I'm like, I'm going to bring my mobile set. And he's like, oh, we need to bring three, four stands. I'm just like, I'll bring another stand, but I have full intention on setting up using it setting up and tearing down every single day Mm -hmm. he's like man it's gonna be a lot of work and i said i just it's something i want to do you Mm -hmm. know maybe even if it doesn't make sense it's gonna make me better at setting up and tearing down and packing up i got a new system Mm -hmm. and um that was just a goal i set for myself and actually i think we hunted 12 official days in north dakota never once did i leave my stand in the tree i did 12 hanging outs yep and it was awesome, dude. By like day six and seven, I was really figuring shit out. Like, yeah. This is sweet. You know, so I learned a lot. That's crazy. You know, and then and earlier on I asked you about like the how much merit do you put into the first sit? And the reason why I asked that is because I had this conversation with someone the other day. Um, and I really got started thinking about it. Uh all the deer on my wall out there. First sits. First sit deer. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's it. Except one. I'm sorry. The Kansas buck was the second sit. Okay. Um and then so I don't have the three deer from last year, okay? But the two sits, my Illinois deer was first sit, my Ohio deer was first sit, and then my third one, my Michigan, was a spot and stock. So, like, those two deer first sits in. No kidding. Mobile. Yeah. <clears throat> so, there's, dude, there's something to it. There is something to it. You know what I mean? I have got a deer in there October 1st night, my biggest Michigan bow buck, first night in. Killed him. Yep. You know, Missouri deer, both of those first night in Multiple. killed him yep. the hambino i i should i lied to you i hunted the night before and that's i moved that stand hunted the night before hunted the next morning like mostly all day then, and i shot then, him that midday okay i got you yep so it's just you know <clears throat> it's something crazy when you really because i never thought about it that way until yeah. somebody asked me and i'm like oh that's crazy it like, is crazy to think about yeah uh, you know, like the buck I just killed in North Dakota, dude, no idea I was there, mm-hmm. but, but both days just had no idea. Like, yeah. um, you know, hanging my sticks on the certain side of the tree that I think the deer are going to come out. Maybe they won't see my sticks yep. T- taking my extra that strap, detail stuff, pa- yep. packing that stuff in there. So I ain't seen my strap flapping and mm-hmm. trying to set up where I think I'm going to be seen less. And I'm not that high off the ground and you just, you feel invisible, dude. It's cause they haven't seen that stand there. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen it. They haven't analyzed it. They've only analyzed everything else. Right. So, dude, it's huge. Yep. 
definitely. Well, cool, man. Do a little shout out to where everybody can find you and, and your content and all that stuff before we wrap it up. Yeah, man. Uh, the Rise Hunt. Uh, it's on YouTube, Carbon TV, Instagram, pretty much every social media outlet. Uh, it's The Rise Hunt. Um, get on there, follow, subscribe. Appreciate it a bunch. Cool, man. Well, good luck the rest of the season. I know we're, I mean, it's not even October 1st here. Yeah. So uh, you got a whole season ahead. I think you're going to go to Ohio, Kansas too. Or no, you're not hunting Kansas. I'll, I'll be filming in Kansas for Nick. Yep. Yep. You got Ohio and Missouri. Ohio, Missouri. Yep. Cool, man. Well, good luck. And uh, I know we'll do another one of these soon. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Yep. And there you have it. Great episode with Tyler. What a story. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, the ultimate lows to the highs and then killing an absolute giant is really cool so congratulations to tyler again thank you guys everybody out there for all the support and everything um please like i said go to itunes leave a five-star rating leave a written review also go to spotify if you listen to it on spotify or even if you don't just go there type in the fall podcast find them and give me a five-star rating there so thank you guys very much and we'll be right here next time on the fall podcast